This is Robert Wilson and you are listening to the Fulham Focus Podcast. Well, love may have been in the air this week as another Valentine's Day passes, but love has been in the air all season at Craven Cottage as this continues to be one of Fulham's best seasons ever. And I'm sure I'm not alone in thinking I just never want it to end. Huddersfield are next up this Saturday lunchtime and I've got Danny and Dylan with me to talk all things Fulham and look ahead to the game. My name is Matt Poiclair and this is your Fulham Focused Podcast. So lads, there's been a lot of decent results for us this week without us even needing to play, to be honest. Blackburn were held to a 0-0 draw at West Brom and Ben Brereson Diaz went off injured. Meanwhile, QPR lost for the second game in a row away at Millwall. We're currently 10 points clear of third place Blackburn with two games in hand and 12 points clear of fourth place QPR with a game in hand also. There's just 16 games to go. It's looking all right at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's um, pretty surreal. It seems like it's going to be us, Bournemouth, and then just one of that sort of chasing pack because we're so far ahead of them now that it just sort of seems like our our promotion is a, a foregone conclusion and then we just wait to see who joins us. Pretty sure it'll be Bournemouth. I mean, uh, I mean, credit where it's due, they're looking good under Scott Parker. And then the rest of the teams just seem to be sort of uh, failing to take up the opportunity to... Um, to join us, really. I thought it was going to be Blackburn at one stage, but now I'm not so sure. It looks like um, Barrett and Diaz have stopped firing. Uh, but yeah, so we'll wait to see who, who joins us. But yeah, it's uh, hard to think of many better times to support Fulham, really. Yeah, hello, lads. Uh, absolute pleasure to be here. Um, you know, really excited to be in your company. My uh, joint ninth favourite people in the Focus team. Uh, we won't say who's number one because I think it's controversial enough as it is. Uh, but yeah, going uh, back to the football, I think uh, I think you know even through that little patch we had where we wasn't at our best when we had the uh, the virus going around the camp and we were uh, dropping points, uh, I was still quite confident that nobody else was good enough to catch us because once you've got the kind of gap, the lead that we got now, uh, not only would we have to capitulate, someone would have to go on a run that was equivalent to the kind of form we've shown in the past. And I just don't think this division is good enough. Um, I also think it's quite a good season for us to go up uh, because I think the, the playoffs is, is going to be really exciting because there's a lot of teams coming into form at the right time. But really, they're all much of a muchness, I think. And the two teams that we go up with, um, I, it's not like when we went up with Wolves, Wolves looked like, you know, uh, like they was going to be fine. When we went up Leeds took to the Premier League really well. Brentford have done quite well this year. I just don't see that happening with the two teams that go us with, go up with us if we go up. Um, so, yeah, it's a re- really good time to go up. And I think it's just falling into place, isn't it? Not only are we grinding out wins, even when we're not getting out second gear. Uh, I mean, even against Millwall, I didn't think we was brilliant, but we still come away with a 3-0 win. Hull never looked like scoring. And it was almost a matter of when, not if we was going to score. So even when we're not at our best, we're still grinding out results and everyone else is doing us favours. It's just, 
it's our time. Yeah, no, I, I think you're completely right. And that is what makes a, a, a very strong side, isn't it? It's not just being able to batter teams 7-0 a couple of times and 6-2 a couple of times, but when your backs are up against the wall or when you know you're not you're not firing on all cylinders to still get those one nils here and there which we, which we have been doing is is the real sign of of a, a brilliant side and that's what we are um I, I would be interested one day though to to hear who your king of full and focus is but uh we'll, we'll save that conversation for another day but let, let's talk about records let's talk about Fulham records and division records this season so with 64 points on the board and 48 points to play for how many points do you lads see us getting? I mean, 100 points is going to require a further 12 wins. Meanwhile, if we were to target Reading's record, uh, which is 106 points from the 2005-06 season, we'll require 14 wins and a draw from those 16 games, which which is quite an ask, I think. Uh, what do you think? How, how many points do you see us getting, Dylan? Um, well, if you just sort of look at previous seasons, I mean... Uh, the last two times Norwich have gone up, which are the seasons we've been relegated in, they won the league with 94 and then 97 points. So, so, so it's going to be around that sort of mark, I think. Although I, I don't know if the standard of the league is just a little bit lower this year, so I'm not sure it will take that many exactly. But it'd be nice for us to hit triple figures. Not 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 um, not too sure that we will, but I'd like I'd definitely like to see us do it at least once in my life. It's definitely possible, but it's just you know another 12 wins from 16 games. That's only four games for um, slip-ups. Although that being said, we have only lost four times this season, unless I'm missing any uh, glaring defeats. But yeah, I'd like to see us get triple figures. Um, yeah, that's what I'd aim for, 100, 100 points. I don't think the record is um, quite feasible, but uh, we, we, we shall see. It's, it's definitely achievable, but whether whether or not we'll do it. I mean, if, if we hadn't had that run of, of games before Christmas where we didn't win, then it would very much be on, I think. But now it's... Mm. Possibly not. But what do you think, Danny? Yeah, I, I think it's a tough ask now, which is a shame because I think the, the football we've played at times, some of the results, um, I think we're, we're probably worthy of, of, of trying to um, catch it. Um, but I think, I think what, um, what it, you know, it takes away from the obsession of trying to catch that record is that there's so many different records that we could go for this year. Uh, the Mitrovic one is obviously one that uh, has been brought up all season. It'd be nice not only for him to overtake uh, Ivan Tony, but to catch the um, the guy Whittingham uh, record for um, for this the second tier in, uh, overall. Uh, I think that's forty two. Uh, obviously, if he's going to come close to that, then you start looking at the Frank Newton Fulham record for goals in the season. That's forty three, uh, and I think. The record for goals in the second tier and Fulham's highest goal scoring season is around the 110 mark. I don't know exactly the exact figure, but they're very similar. So there's a lot of achievable records this year. And I think if we was to end up not breaking any of them, it would be a real shame. But um, the reason I don't think we'll catch the 106 Reading uh, points total is because we saw it with Tagana's team. Once you're over the line, once you're champions and it's confirmed, you do take your foot off the gas, even if you don't want to. I think you know, you'll come up against the teams that are fighting for their lives or fighting to get in the playoffs, and they'll just have that competitive edge. It will just mean more to them on the day, and it's very hard to keep on that level. So, if but you know, also if we were to get to hundred points, we're the only team to do it twice. A handful of teams have done it once, 
So if we was to make it a hat trick before anyone else has ever done it more than once would be an incredible achievement. So, and I, and I think they're more than worthy of that. So I fancy us to get to 100. Probably finish on 101 like Keegan and Tagana's. It's different times now as well, though. You've got to bear in mind that the Keegan one was, what, 1998, the Tagana one was 2001, and the money situation has changed a lot these days, and you've got financial fair play and all that sort of thing. So it is more of a, an even keel, even though you'll have people that will complain that we have we have parachute payments um, on our side this season, but then so did West Brom and Sheffield United, and they're nowhere near the level that we're at. But back then, we were rising up through the leagues, weren't we? And we were spending more than everybody else. We were signing people like Chris Coleman and Pesky Solido and Mike Taylor and all players like that at a, a far lower standard than uh, than they, they deserved to be playing at. But they dropped down to that level because they wanted to be part of something that was that was very different at the time. Whereas now, it's much more much more level uh, between everybody. So to go and do it now is is probably uh, a better achievement, maybe, that, than it was then. What do you think, Danny? Well, I mean, it's funny you say that. See, I would actually disagree. I, I think um, the gap between the Premier League and the Championship, or the old Division 1, was a lot smaller back then than it is now. And obviously, we kept a lot of players from last season. Well, we gave it a half-decent go, you know. I mean... The, the, the players we kept, the likes of Tosin, Reed, Mitrovic, and you know, they're too good for this division. Um, so I think we were, I think we are uh, the kind of example of, of how big the gap is between the Premier League and the Championship. Um, and I would argue that this league is really weak at the moment. So even if we do finish with more points than Tagana's team, score more goals, I don't know if that just that necessarily means that it's a better achievement or that they're a better team. Uh, I just think they're playing in a weaker division. But you can only play what's in front in front of you. Um, and I do think that this is a special season, and I think it's one that we'll remember for the rest of our lives. You know, this is this is a one-off, and it's a real real pleasure to be able to go, be fit enough to go and watch, and and you know, and, and see the seven nils and that. I mean, I'd never seen Fulham win seven nil until this until this season. So real, real, real privilege to be watching this. Yeah, amazing. And let's talk about the goal score record then. We've got 78 at the moment. And I'd be surprised at this point if we didn't get the 22 goals from the remaining 16 games required to make it 100 goals for the season. And, and net Ben's dad is six grand. <laughs> He's got riding on it, which is mad. Uh, what do you reckon, Dylan? Can we do it? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, that six grand would be all right for, all right for some. But I yeah. think if you look, we've uh, we've got what seventy eight now after thirty games, so that's that's over two and a half goals a game, and then to go for sixteen and twenty two, well, twenty two and sixteen is that's under one and a half, so one point three, one point four goals. I know you can't score one point three or one point four goals a game, but that's a marker of where we're at. And I think um, I think up to the sixteenth game in the season, which I think was Blackburn, I just looked and we'd, we'd scored thirty seven after that game. So getting 22 in the last 16 is definitely, um, it's, it's, it's not going to be like a complete walk in the park, but it's definitely something that's really, really achievable for this team. So yeah, I'd be surprised if we didn't hit the 100 goals mark. I'm not sure how many teams in the past have got 100 goals in a championship season, but 100 goals and 100 points. I mean, you can't go too far wrong with that, can you? Um, yeah, yeah just, just, to, just to let you know, um, no championship team has ever scored 100 goals. Man City was the last team in this division to do it. And they did it the year after we went up under Tigana. So it would have still been the old Division One then. So 
since it's converted to the or in the new millennium, Man City are the only team to do it. So yeah, it would be some achievement. It really would. It really would. And yeah, I mean, you've mentioned him already, but let, let's talk a bit more about Mitrovic. We can't we can't come on a podcast where we're discussing records and and not give Mitrovic the uh, the kind of segment that he deserves. So he's got 31 goals in 28 games so far. As you said, Danny, he equaled Ivan Tony's championship record with the winning goal at Hull at the weekend. So you imagine it won't be long before he takes that crown, but can he surpass the second-tier record of all time? Guy Whittingham's 42 goals that he got in the 92-93 season. It's going to require another 12 goals in 16 games, which is which means he's going to have to slow down his scoring rate a bit, doesn't it? He's, he, can he do it? It, feel, it feels like he's going to, doesn't it? Oh, I mean, I mean, can he do it? Of course he can do it. I mean, you just look at him. He's, he's absolutely flying at the moment. Um, I mean... You know, the problem is that, you know, with Fulham, uh, I don't want to jinx it, but with Fulham and, and, you know, fairy tales and stuff, you saw it in the Europa League final. It seemed like we were destined to do it. And then, it, it you know, it f- falls short in, in the cruelest of ways, like just before penalties. Um, but so I don't want to get too carried away because anything can happen. Um, you know, he, he might not be able to play the rest of the season. I'm not going to say why because I don't want to jinx it, but... Uh, anything could happen. So, but if if luck is on his side, and I, I think he will do it. I, I just think we score too many goals, we create too many chances, and he's just too good. So, if everything goes to plan, then yeah, he will do it. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I think it's a bit of a big ask, but I, he he definitely can do it. He's in the form of his life right now. I mean, he's banging goals for fun. He's scoring all different types of goals, which he talked about. Uh, on the last podcast. So I just think even if it is a tough ask, he's he's definitely like he's definitely well placed to give it a good go. And uh even if he doesn't do it, he's still had an incredible season. He's gonna break the the record for most goals in a sort of modern day championship season anyway. And that's no mean feat in itself. Um yeah, I mean it just it is really down to taking each game as it comes and seeing how it goes. But yeah, no reason why he can't do it. Uh, he, yeah, amazing player. Seven assists as well. 83 minutes per goal is uh, is his record this season. But then you've got Harry Wilson, who's got nine goals and 11 assists. Cabano, eight goals and six assists. Carvalho, eight goals and five assists. You know, you've, you've got another three players there who are likely to get double figures this season in Wilson, Cabano and Carvalho. It's incredible, isn't it, Danny, that the depth that we've got and the goals that we've got in this team um, what did I say earlier? We've had 15 different goal scorers this this season. All right, Stansfield got his one in the, in the cup, but to have 14 different goal scorers when you can only you can only get 11 players on the pitch at any one time just just goes to show the depth and quality in this squad, doesn't it? I think that's a real good sign of uh, Marco Silva and Lewis Balmore getting the best out of the, the team as a whole. Uh, not only have they got Mitro back to his best. But uh, even when Mitchell was scoring 26 goals in the last promotion campaign under Parker, we were extremely reliant on him to score. I don't think anyone else got near double figures today. Uh, so it, it's a much healthier position to be in. It, you know, even without Mitchell, I would have fancied us to to be up well up there. Um, so yeah, it's, it's always a good sign when the goals are dis- distributed uh, across the whole team, and it's looking like. We're going to end up with four players in double figures. And I can't remember the last time that happened, if it's ever happened. Uh, I know 
when we was promoted under Tigana, we obviously had the, the famous three, uh, Barry and, and Boa behind Sahar. Um, but Lee Clark only got seven. And Fabio, Cabano and um, Wilson have already got more than that. I think they've all got eight or nine. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really healthy position to be in. And then you also, you know, behind that, you would always always fancy uh, Kearney to pop up with a goal and stuff. So, plenty of goals in this team, which is why they've scored 78 so far. And even without Mitro's goals, we've still... Is it we've we still scored more than everybody else, or some 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 madness like that? It's um, yeah, uh, incredible, really. It's just I'm, I'm lost lost for words. It's um, I think this is a, a one off. I can't even if we was to go up and come back down again, I can't see it ever happening like it has this time. It's it's surreal. There's all sorts of different um, facts and figures that are coming out with, with the with the clubs that or teams that are beneath us. I think. Dave Wilson posted into the team chat earlier. I think he said that we've got our goal difference is is better than all the teams in the playoffs, even if you take out our two 7 0 wins or something like that. Yeah, it's great. I love it. I love it. It's it's nice that it's us that are uh, the beneficiaries of of such figures for once, isn't it? It is bonkers. Yeah, Mitrovic has got um, 38 goals and assists combined, and then the nearest person to that in the championship player today is a Solanke with 22 combined so he's a he's yeah. 16 clear of anyone else which is about half his goals total which is just he's just yeah. a joke yeah. see, see that, that that's a that's a key point for me it's not only that Mitro is scoring loads of goals his overall game has just improved so much this season uh, you can see that uh, uh, how good a coach Marco is or that he's, he's, he's set up his um and yeah, it's not only his goals. I just think he's he's a he's a much better player in this setup. And if we were to go up, that's important because you can't just you can't just have a, a luxury player in the team that just is just there to score goals. You know, he's going to have to do his bit to create for the other players as well. It's, it's you know it's, it's bigger picture, especially when you're um, up front on your own. So. It's a really good science. And um, if we do go up, I, I think he's more than capable of, of getting double figures like he did a few years ago. Well, a question I was asked on the second tier podcast last weekend when I went on representing Fulham Focus was whether I thought that Fulham would stay up in the Premier League next season. And my seemingly controversial response was that I wouldn't put money on it. Um, I'll caveat this by saying that I've never claimed to know what I'm talking about, but I'm entitled to my opinion. And I just so happened to come onto a Fulham podcast and and talk nonsense a couple of times a week. So listen to what I say. Don't listen to what I say. I don't care. I'm having fun. So what do you boys think? Are we staying up next season or not? It really just depends on who who we bring in, doesn't it? I mean, not even who we bring in. It was just, will those signings settle into the team? Because, you know, Tim Ream, well, he's not fast enough for the Premier League. Carvalho's going, so there's a hole there that needs to be filled with um, like sufficient um, supply of goals and assists, really, if we're going to stay up. So, yeah, it just really depends who we bring in and can they stay. And I don't think it's um, unreasonable to suggest that we're coming straight back down, even if we just absolutely romp the league this year. Oh, it's fairly realistic. I'm not going to set my sights any higher than 17th for next season if, if we do go up. Um, I mean, I, I, can't, I can't do that to my sort of mental... Mental health again, another awful season in the Prem. But yeah, you have to take 17th now. Yeah, I think we probably all would. What about you, Danny? 
I think in fairness to you, I think it was a quite a hard question to answer at this stage of the season. We're not we're not promoted yet, um, you know. And, and how stupid would it have looked if you had gone on there and said, "Yeah, yeah, we'll be fine, be mid table," and then and then all of a sudden, come May, it all backfires. So I, I think you know history suggests that we won't find it easy because we've been promoted twice in the last few years. We're the yo-yo team at the moment, so we don't find it easy to survive. All I would say is that I think we're in the best position we have been in under the the, the Khan uh, era, uh, especially if we were to be promoted a little bit early uh, with the gap that we got. Then you can start preparing uh, for next season. Obviously, the last time we went up, we only had about four weeks because of, of COVID and, and lockdown, the delays and that. So when you go up through the playoffs, I think you always lose a little bit of a, an advantage um, that the other two get. Um, and, you know, who knows? Maybe we can start negotiating to get Nico Williams in on, on loan for next season. I, I like him. I think he's looking good. Similar to what we did with Goma. You know, Goma coming in the March under the Tagana, ready-made for the for the following season. So, if, you know, I, I think we're in the best position we have been in, but there is still an awful lot of work to be done when we do go up because at present, I don't think this team is good enough without additions. And then and then it's about do those additions settle in really well? You know, does Silva get the best out of them, find the right balance? You know, you need to start quick in the Premier League. And if it takes us a couple of months to find out our first eleven, could be curtains already. So really hard question to answer. And, and I don't blame you for being a bit reserved for it because I don't like to tempt fate. But I think it's our best chance of staying up if we do go up. Let's change the subject then and discuss something that happened elsewhere in London last weekend. Ryan Sessegnon was taken off after just 28 minutes of Spurs 2-0 home defeat against Wolves. Sess hasn't had the best of times since joining Spurs and spent last season on loan at Hoffenheim. There's been a few managerial changes. Mourinho went, then um, Nuno went as well, didn't he? Um, but the question here and now is, if he was available, would you take him back at Fulham next season, boys? Yeah, I'd, I'd take him back 100%. I, mean, I don't know about you, but I think he, he feels like a sort of ready-made Cabano replacement because I'm not sure Cabano will be in the team next season. And yeah, I, he just he was he was incredible for us and he just feels like his development has sort of stagnated a little bit at Spurs, whether that's down to sort of like Mourinho and Conte playing different systems that sort of don't utilise him to the best of his ability. Or just a sort of a lack of game time because they do have a they have a high quality squad Spurs or they did definitely a couple of seasons ago. I'm not sure they do anymore, but um, yeah, I'd definitely take him back. I think he's he, he knows people at the club, so settling him won't be an issue as like maybe taking a punt on a foreign player as such. Uh, I think yeah, I think it's yeah, he's as about as good as we're going to get. I, I I could I could see it happening as well if 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 we go up. Would you would you replace Cabano with him though? Because I I think I'd rather have Cabano on the left wing than than Cessignon, just because he's he's got a bit of flair about him. Whereas I think Cessignon's got more composure. But I, I think if I was to take Cessignon, it would be as a left back. Um, and I think it, I think Cessignon and Robinson or Cessignon and Brian would be a better kind of combination of two players fighting for one spot as left back. Um, than uh, Robinson and Brian. What, what do you think, Danny? Well, I think we've got the components of a, a decent squad for the Premier League. And I think when we go up, we probably need to, to add maybe four or five. 
but they all need to be starters. They all need to be walking into this team. Um, what what was so special about Ryan was that when he burst onto the scene, he was only 16, 17. And it was quite extraordinary that someone of his age took the, to the took to the championship so quickly. But in general, was he ever as talented as Fabio, for example? I'm not so sure. I, I don't think he is. Uh, and I think you... There's plenty of examples of, of players at all ages that smashed the championship, but are no, not quite good enough for the Premier League. Um, and when we went up to the Premier League with him in the team, he didn't really do anything. And it was only really when we signed Ryan Babel, who was in his 30s, that we suddenly had a little bit of quality and we looked half decent uh, in attack. And you know that, that's nothing against Ryan, but uh, Ryan Sessignon, but I just think it showed that there are a lot of players out there, even without spending a lot of money, that are better options. Um, And I don't think this spell he's had at Spurs would have done him any good. You you could argue he might not have improved at all. I've not not really seen much of him, but it hasn't gone well, has it? So, no, I wouldn't take him back personally. I think it's a shame how his career's gone. Um, But I think we're in a different position to the likes of a Bournemouth or one of the other teams that go up, they might take a punt on him on loan. Um, but I think we're in a position where we need to be aiming higher if we go up. And and Cabana is a good example. Is Was Sessignon in that season better than Cabana has been this year? I would say they're just as good as each other. Um, it's different only types that, of players though, aren't they? Really, yeah, different types, different types of players. But I think it was, it was only Sessignon's age that made it such a, an incredible achievement, what he was doing. Um, I think Cabano this year has been just as good as that. And he, if he's not good enough for the Premier League, then I don't think Sessegnon is. And I think it'd be much of a muchness replacing one with the other. Uh, if you're going to replace Cabano, you might as well go all out and get someone really good. And that's, that's nothing against Ryan. I hope he has a great career, but we've got to look after what's best for Fulham. And unfortunately, he's not our player anymore. That'd be an interesting Twitter poll, um, and maybe maybe to do not in the middle of this season because people would probably just go for what's in front of them now, and that would influence the vote. But you know, who had the better season, Sessegnon in seventeen eighteen or Cabano in twenty one twenty two? Because I think you you probably get quite a cross section of opinions on that to be honest. But anyway, um, uh, moving on to Saturday's game with Huddersfield. So when we played Huddersfield at their place back in August, I thought Huddersfield were really going to struggle after that day. Obviously, we thrashed them 5-1. But I didn't realise at that point that they weren't actually a bad side and that we were just excellent. I just thought "Mm, we really put a crap team to the sword there. But they're currently unbeaten in 14 matches, 12 of which have been in the Championship. They've not lost an away game since playing at QPR at the end of November. Since then, they've had three wins and three draws away from home. They come to the cottage off the back of successive nil-nil draws and sit in fifth position with 50 points, which is obviously 14 less than Fulham, and they've played two games more than us. Plus, Fulham have won each of the last four meetings with Huddersfield. So, lads, how do you see the game going? Well, it's the um, it's the uh, the famous two teams that haven't lost in the Championship this year derby on Saturday. And I think Huddersfield's yeah. run will be coming to an end. I mean, yeah, I think we're just sort of a cut above them. They've been, they have like, it feels like they've improved masses since that um, that 5-1 game back in August. I mean, 
maybe that's just us being a cut above, like you say, or them actually improving throughout the season. But I don't think they were very good that day. Obviously, the scoreline will tell you all you need to know there. But yeah, it feels like they've uh, they've been on an upwards curve since then. But I just think we're still we're still a couple of levels above them, or we'll definitely have the potential to play a couple of levels above what they're capable of at our, at our maximum. So yeah, I think it will be um, a, a, comf- a, a comfortable win. Yeah, I'd, I'd say comfortable win. Um, maybe not another five one, but definitely a two two three nil in front of the uh, the Sky cameras, which we which we seem to do all right in front of. Although last time we were on Sky. At home, we we lost to Sheffield United, so yeah, we'll see. But I think it's another Fulham three points. Yeah, I mean, I, I was at that Huddersfield game with you, Matt, back in uh, August. It was the second game of the season, so it was a big game for us because obviously we had drawn the first game with Borough. So you, you know, it was you don't want to go too long before you get your first win, and it was emphatic at the time. I'll be honest with you, I think despite beating some teams 7-0, Reading were, were hopeless, but um, that was what, they were one of the worst teams we've played on the day. And I'm I'm gobsmacked that they're in the position they're in. I thought they were destined for the drop. Um, but it shows you how well they've done. And, you know, regardless of what teams they played, 14 games unbeaten is some, some effort. Um, so I think, you know, we know that we're the best team in this division by quite some distance. And if we are professional, uh, turn up, you know, take it one game at a time, give give the opposition the respect they deserve, but not be f- fearful of them, then we should beat everybody. You know, the only reason that a team should have the chance against us is if we're not at our best. Because if both teams are at 100%, we should be better than everyone. So if we have the right attitude, then we should we should win. But I don't think it'll be an easy game. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if... Yeah, did you say that they've had two nil-nil, uh, two nil-nils in a row? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and they'll, they'll probably take three. You know, they'll probably take a nil-nil at the weekend. So I think first goal will be really important. Uh, and, and if we can get an early one, then it, it could be a, quite a comfortable afternoon. But... If it, if it takes us a while to get to get a goal, then it you know the longer it goes, the more frustrating it could get. But I'm going to go for a three-one. And Mitro to get the uh, the record this weekend. Uh well, sooner rather than later. But I don't want to drag it out. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Give him a hat trick, and then we can start talking about the other records. <laughs> yeah, he's he's going to get it this weekend. I think so. Uh, for first ten minutes, that'll be wrapped up, I reckon. Mm, yeah, maybe a maybe a ninth ninth minute. Okay, yeah. Do, yeah. All right. And how do you think we're going to line up this weekend, Laz? Do you see any changes from uh, from Hull? Mm, maybe, maybe one in the midfield. But then it's like Chalaber and Kearney have been playing really well together. Yeah. So um, you know, I mean, I said last 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 week that we might be uh, like a sort of a Reed or a Seri in there. But yeah, no, it's just it's not impossible to call because you can probably nail ten, nine or ten of the names each week but then it's just the sort of um, I don't know I don't think Tete's fit enough to play but then it's just literally those two midfield spots that aren't yeah. really like completely locked down now I'd say um, but yeah barring any major surprises I think it will be it'll probably be unchanged we have a week off uh, yeah I'll go unchanged alright mate and yeah Danny do you think Harrison Reed will come back in this was a this was another question I was asked on the second tier at the weekend who's Fulham's most uh 
uh, underrated was it player? Um, yeah, I think it was underrated. Yeah, and underrated. And, and to be honest, I, I, I struggle with the question because I think everybody gets the credit that they deserve. Um, may, maybe not publicly outside of the four walls of Fulham Football Club and, and the supporters, but I think Harrison Reed is quite an easy one to slide under the radar just because he doesn't really contribute to the goals directly, does he? He doesn't score, he doesn't really get many assists, but the, his contribution is is incredible when he does play, but he's not made it into the side the last couple of games, has he? So does he come back in for you, Danny? Well, I mean, he's one of my favourite players. So, yeah, I mean, he'd be one of the first names on the team sheet for me. And, and if I was to, to go through the whole squad, he'd be an absolute no-brainer as being good enough for the Premier League. And there's only four or five that I think are. So, I mean, I, I do think it would be harsh on, on Chalabar and Kearney for either of them to come out. Um, they've done nothing wrong, but I also think it's harsh on Reed because I don't. I want he would he wouldn't have been dropped, would he? I think it was just squad rotation and and Chalibur just took his chance. So, a bit unfair for for him to not get his place back. And what about Seri? I mean, he must be gutted. He's come back and thinking, what's going on here? There's about ten players in front of me now. So uh, yeah, I mean, it's good that we've got this competition. It's um, just just highlights how strong this squad is, um, but. No, I would bring Reed in. I just think he has more energy, more oomph about him. Uh, I think with Chalibur in the team, it's quite slow. And and, and maybe uh, we play at a slower gear. I mean, as someone, I, I was at a football course the other day and um, talking to a Millwall fan. And um, they said, oh, it was like you didn't even get out of second gear. And I would argue, well, yeah, it was the same against Hull. Is that because Reed isn't in the team? And there's not that tenacity, that not that oomph behind the forward players. I don't know. So I, I would bring him back in, but um, that's that's nothing against Chalabar. I just think it's a preference on the style of player. I think, I think um, Reed is is better for the players around him. Okay, all right. You both gave your predictions, didn't you? I, I think was it two nil and two nil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two nil, two nil. No, I went 3-1. 2-0, 3-1, same thing, same thing. All right, well, that's all we got time for this time. Thank you very much to Danny and Dylan for joining me and to you for joining me at home. We'll be back, as always, on Monday morning to look back over the game. Just a reminder that you can subscribe to the Full and Focus podcast if you don't already do so on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else you may care to get your podcast from. So I'll see you at the cottage on Saturday then. Cheers. Fulham.